0: To Kingdom Tuesday, thanks for joining me today. And uh, we are going to look at something very well-worn, but I just realized I actually do need to say something about this at some point, just for the sake of reference. So stay with us, and we're looking at Richard Niebuhr's uh, Christ and Culture. All right, so Richard Niebuhr, Christ and Culture, man alive, I'm kind of embarrassed to admit this, but I haven't actually read this book until finished about a week ago um, for the first time. You know, it's one of those books that's just so talked about and so seminal in the whole conversation regarding Christ and culture and uh, two kingdoms, certainly. Um, that you know, it's just you have to, you know, everyone, everyone, everyone refers to it, even if they. It's just—it's crazy how influential this book has been. Uh, Richard Niebuhr himself was almost like a Barthian kind of semi-liberal, not so kosher yet totally awesome kind of uh, thinker, guys. And um, you know, I wouldn't—I wouldn't necessarily have, you know, I, I suppose read anything else he he has uh, written. He—I um, I think the guys who are totally into Barton, those those guys would, you know, uh, perhaps uh, move along those those lines and and get into it and he had some interesting things to say outside of Christ and Culture in that regard but for everyone else it's kind of like okay well Christ and Culture was the big book and the reason why you have to at least know about it is just again you know, not only as, as uh, have there been a few attempts to redefine and, and just interact with these books directly, I'm thinking of uh, Carson's Christ and Culture Revisited, um, but all of the neo-Calvinist stuff, all of the popularized kind of versions of... Neo-Calvinism meets Evangelicalism, all basically flow right out of this book. Um, I'm not going to go into all those books right now. Maybe we'll do that at some point in the future. But um, he's got these five models that you just, they, they, they are very, very helpful. I heard them for the first time when I um, started reading through Michael Horton. He he interacts well with them as well. So he's just another guy who, again, understands that you've got to talk and think about Niebu's, um. Paradigms there at some level, even if you want to amend them, you know. Now, I actually read the book, um, and uh, to be honest, it's kind of like it's been so talked about that you pick it up. Most of what he says is, you know, not really that amazing, uh, outside of the actual um paradigms themselves. That's my that's my sort of kickback on the book. Um, these are the paradigms, he's you might have heard this before, you probably have. If you haven't, this is a great thing, all right, uh, you've got the Christ against culture kind of approach uh, in church history. Uh, these are the views that basically, uh, you know, I'm thinking Anabaptist, basically, um, those who want to just, or the monks, or, um, you know, the, the guys who just want to get right away from it all, because culture is just so, so polluted, um, you know, we can't even, you know, anything we have to say about it is going to be uh, just at this critique level. Um, To the degree that we can even be involved, it's going to be sort of at this very, you know, strong prophetic voice level. And then um, you have various shades of that all the way through, right to the, you know, Anabaptist, gone Mennonite, gone Amish even, um, uh, just withdrawal from culture. As Niebuhr points out, though um and and what it, actually i take it back one thing that Niebuhr was really good at and one thing that i found very helpful about the book is that he he runs through the church history angle really well you know he actually engages with certain thinkers all the way through representative thinkers sometimes i think he gets it wrong though to be honest but i don't know who am i to even think that you know this is such a well i suppose a lot of people have thought that a little bit but anyway, um, he he engages with certain things. it's it's very interesting at that level um the, i'd say that's the most interesting part of the book uh, just seeing the way uh, he draws from wow my goodness everyone's texting me sorry about that guys it's amateur hour um all right let's try and switch off those those notifications right um stop bothering me people do not disturb on oh, there we go um right so christ against culture um, I think this was me when I started out as a Christian and just like I can't deal with it, I got to pull right out, I got to, but but the point is you start realizing you actually can't do that, not only does the Bible not ask you to do that, but you can't do it anyway and Neba does a great job in showing that in that really the, the world is within, yeah, at some level you can't withdraw from what is within um, the zombie is always going to be in the camp. You know, you, you can't shut them out. That's just one of those things. You've got to, you've got to be able to interact with the world at some level. Uh, it's going to be inconsistent and therefore isn't going to be a very, um, convincing approach, leaving even the issue of exegesis aside. Um, moving on then, just trying to keep this punchy. I don't want to over, overdo it. I mean, uh, if you have heard this stuff, this will be nauseatingly uh, dull for you. But if you haven't, um, hopefully it's just of some interest. The Christ of Culture view is next up. And um, and yeah, it's um, really the polar opposite, I suppose you could say, of what we've just mentioned in Christ Against Culture. That's what he's communicating there in that you have a... Uh, of, this is the liberals, you know, this is um, those who write throughout, it, I think you mentioned, Clements of Alexandria, and even, I, I suppose, to some extent, Origen, um, where whether they're, you know, in, uh, influenced or interacting with Gnosticism in their day, or Platonism, or um, you know, all the way through to uh, Schleimacher and um, modern existentialism, and um, you know whatever it is. Basically, it's an attempt to try and make Christianity ultimately, relevant, and it um, just tries to reduce Christianity to but symbolism for whatever is in vogue. Anyway, um, I realize that's a bit of a simplistic thing to say, but you know the good thing there is that obviously they're interacting with the world. It's it's, um, and uh, here's another thing. He, he, he states he, he's helpful in that he's saying here's the good thing in each of these views the Christ against culture view is always going to be necessary and I, one thing I found very interesting what he just jumping back to a category there he said that you know if you if you I mean you see what the monks did right they were used for all sorts of things i mean you just can't deny it they preserved they were used in the preservation of the text and they they ultimately trained the leaders who ended up being the transformers of society and uh you've got all sorts of things to say even even though they pulled right out of culture their prophetic witness for the gospel ended up really having a mammoth influence and i just kept on thinking wow for a two kingdom view that's very very helpful to think about because a lot of people will, will advocate, no, Two kingdom is, is basically just re- withdrawing from culture. It's, it's not caring about culture. Um, it's not doing those things. Two Kingdoms, I think, is a very moderate view. We'll get there uh, in a second. But even if it were extreme, even if it were Christ against culture, even then... Uh, the way God is used, the Christ against culture crew throughout the uh, the history of the church is quite amazing. So even if you you go into this ditch, it's not like you lose the. As long as you're holding on to the gospel itself. Uh, that itself has a certain power in terms of um, leading to to influence and salt and light, etc. The Christ of culture view is good in that it it leads to, it attempts relevance, it attempts engagement. But I would say, and I think Niebuhr was good in pointing this out, it leads to ultimate irrelevance in that if you lose that Christ against culture gospel uh, witness and prophetic stance um, and all you have is this interpreted symbolism and you've lost the core of it, um, it's going to lead into a strong irrelevance. It's actually going to do less than the Christ against culture guys have, even by accident, ended up doing for culture, which is just interesting. Um, you know, you you try and aim for this relevance and you end up not being able to even uh, achieve it or, or see any, any fruit from it. Um, and, and he makes that point. He says, listen, these guys have just not... With, for all their talk about bringing this uh, relevance of Christianity to bear on society, it just hasn't shown itself to be a, a very profitable approach or a very um, fruitful approach, I should say. Um, then moving on to the Christ above culture, and in some sense, everything I'm about to say, uh, moving on to Category 4 and 5, is kind of a version of the Christ above culture thing. But uh, the idea there is that you have um, uh, guys like Thomas Aquinas um, or... Um, thinkers like him who have said, um, in many senses, culture has been in history, think of the philosophers, think of um, uh, moral, natural law, at least, you know, it's all been preparation for this reality of christ and and it is to lead us to christ much in the same way that the law was a schoolmaster leading to christ so uh those outside the law have been subjected to philosophy and and the attempts of the philosophers to find out truth and have been attempts to kind of lead into christ and all these ideas find their grand climax in jesus he perfects uh, all of these things and uh and so that's an interesting one obviously mostly in um uh cahoots with the roman catholic position and a medieval sort of scholastic uh, understanding uh, which is going to be too complex to go into now uh, but then you move into the christ and culture in paradox thing which is uh probably where two kingdom doctrine fits in and this is simply to um to say that there is a you know you want to hold on to the category number one thing you obviously want to you want to move away from the world you don't want to be in the world and yet you know you are of the world you've got to um you've got to be um holding on to some reality of engagement with the world um martin luther is the is the big guy for this one, and um, although Niebuhr puts Augustine in Category 5, which is the transformer of culture view, um, I would say Augustine, well, actually, he does admit Augustine is in some way with Luther in this view, Um, and uh, Augustine, because he is this guy, very, very engaged, and yet at the same time holding out the strong antithesis all the way through. Um, He even even puts Soren Kierkegaard actually in, in this view, which I'm not I suppose kind of lands there, but but certainly not in a two kingdom way. Um, so you know, much of what we'll say at an ongoing level will fit into the Christ and culture in paradox view. We're holding the two, ten, we're holding the thing in tension, in other words, and we're trying to figure out how to do that. Um, we need to be both prophetically apart from the world and. Uh, engaging in mission and uh, salt and light, and all of those things, and then you get to the neo-Calvinist view, which um, well, let me so his his uh, description of it is Christ the transformer of culture, or um, uh, there are a few ways you could put it, the conversionist uh, view, um, where he's basically. Um Seeing again Augustine in this, and the the the, the constant uh, at least sorry the Augustinian tradition that later kind of I suppose gets elaborated upon and developed. By John Kelvin, if you were tracking with the other day, the last Tuesday, you'll kind of see where he was going with this and that Kelvin in Geneva, um, certainly for all the Two Kingdom doctrine Kelvin might have had in mind, uh, he was very concerned to, to see that bear out in society in a certain way. And I said that's probably um, right to think about it as a, a kind of Two Kingdom slash Galatians um, two sword doctrine view but but basically um it's what now has emerged i think rightly you could put the neo-calvinist view in this and this is really i suppose the popular view in reform theology where you're going to go out there and redeem culture essentially and um i'm going to talk about this next tuesday i think but you know that's coming out of a really messed up understanding of, of creation or of biblical redemption and a redemptive history. Uh, it's kind of creation for redemption without the eschatological Consummation part, um, and I think that's where it goes wrong um, I think Van Druden has really opened my eyes to that as well. Just reading through the neo-Calvinist guys now I've, I've just uh, I can't help but just see that they've taken a wrong turn. So we'll talk more about that But there's those five views uh, again, you got Christ against culture, Christ of culture, Christ above culture, Christ and culture in paradox, and Christ the transformer of culture. Which one are you? Hopefully, you are feeling the lure of category number four there, Christ and culture in paradox, but you're also feeling a little bit frustrated in that none of these really exactly state where you want to be, and that's been basically the the big critique of these these five categories that none of them really allow for the nuance necessary to accurately convey what's going on in what's actually been held to but i think it is a helpful starting point and it has proven that um and so i i've, I've just uh, not only have I finished reading it so i just wanted to say something about it but also um i feel like i from from this point on need to reference this more just as we move on uh, thinking about two kingdom doctrine so just wanted to have this on the record again to somebody that I can refer you back to uh, but obviously there are tons of stuff written about it lots of great journal articles this is all in many sense completely redundant you could just go and google this and you'll find um, um, really some helpful stuff out there so go and check it out if you haven't um, if you if you haven't um, ever heard of, of those five categories hopefully that is uh, helpful to you and uh, hopefully they'll keep you thinking about it um, bless you that's two kingdom tuesday And uh, we will come back at this thing with whatever Wednesday tomorrow.